welcome to the Front Porch Political Talk Show with your host, Hatton Humphrey, bringing you thoughtful comments on the news of the day, as well as lessons from the past and insights into things to come. We offer our comments and invite you to add your own. Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday, October 9th, 2016. This is the Front Porch Political Talk Show by Davis Hatton Humphrey. I thank everyone for listening in. Our show's producer talks you, which provides two ways to be a part of the call. You can dial in area code 724-444-7444. Talkcast ID is 75570. You can also join us on the web-based text chat at talkshow.com slash tc slash 75570. You can also join us on Second Life and uh, Shorman's Lounge at Cheertopia. Now, those live and uh, interactive uh, options for the show are only available when we record on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, unless otherwise indicated on the website, which is frontporchtalk.net, where you can find all of the articles that we're going to talk about that we have talked about in past shows, as well as all of the past episodes. Um, If you are listening on Lanterns Radio on Red State Talk Radio or on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, My Way, your favorite podcast player or aggregator. Uh, send comments via email to conservativepodcast at gmail.com or leave them on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash talk. Now, all of those episodes, this is number 83. And um, I, as I was putting tonight's episode together... Um, uh, I really had an issue. I had a hard time not, be, you know, fighting the, the the depressiveness of the stuff that I was looking at. And, and honestly, it's I I'm not even trying to take things in a positive light tonight. Not not entirely going negative, but I the tonight's episode title is crumbling. Uh, as I look at both presidential candidates, as I look at all of the various Lives Matter events going on. As I look at a lot of the things that are, you know, in, in the public eye, it just seems like things are crumbling. Um, that doesn't mean they can't be repaired. That doesn't mean that there isn't the possibility for th- for you know the country to be restored to a state, uh, both from a jobs, from a po- political from a societal purview um, can't be brought into you know what what was defined as obsolete and there was nothing wrong with it we've we've we're living in a in a in this concept of oh it's the new norm oh this is the new norm well the new norm sucks and it's the new norm because things are crumbling because for a variety of reasons and that's what we're going to talk about tonight um, Can I tell you a quick story? Go right ahead. When I was stationed in Germany in the uh, uh, later 60s, and um, I, I, my family had moved to Madison, Wisconsin, which is even still today one of the most left-wing communist Marxist septic tanks in the country. Um, and, and they, uh, my, my brothers and sister, uh, fully revel in it, uh, while I was in the service and I don't remember how it happened, but I, 
somehow I wound up with a, with a phone conversation from one of my brothers. And uh, he was, uh, I guess, carrying on about uh, 1968, the Democratic Convention and all this stuff. And I, and I shared with him that I thought that I was witnessing the beginning of the death of the republic. And he just broke out laughing at me. He thought I was foolish. He took great joy in my sadness. Uh, he, he ridiculed me for my uh, uh, hyperbole about the state of the country. Fast forward to this very podcast. Mm-hmm. My country died. My country died, and I now, in retrospect, kind of, you know, it's like pin the tail on the donkey. My country country died with the election of Barack Obama, and I don't think it's recoverable. Well, That's and, where I'm coming from today. And, 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 and there you and I differ, because... So I, 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 hope, I hope you're right, and I hope I'm wrong. Well, and and you know that's that's where we're that's that's what you know we're going to talk about now. Um, after starting on such a melancholy note, um, we do have our traditional, fun, interesting opening story, uh, and, and this comes to us courtesy of um, courtesy of uh, ABC 15 in Arizona in Tucson. Um, organizers are planning, and I'm not making this up, a Clown Lives Matter march for October 15th in Tucson in reaction to the recent spate of frightening incidents, both real and imagined, spread in the news and on social media. The march will be at 6.30 p.m. on October uh, 15th on 4th Avenue in Tucson. Attendees are invited to show up wearing full clown makeup or masks. According to the flyer advertising the event, this is a peaceful way to show clowns are not psycho killers. We want the public to feel safe and not afraid. So come out, bring the family, meet a clown, and get a hug. (laughs) Well, you know, a lot of clowns are running around scaring the doo-doo out of little kids. Mm -mm. No, and and it's, it's not, okay. Yes, there are people dressed up as scary clowns, scaring the doo-doo out of kids and frightening people, and in a couple of cases, getting shot. Well. <laughs> so, so yes, you're right. I, my my comment is, if, if clowns are running around scaring the doo-doo out of little kids, they don't, their lives don't matter. To hell with them. Somebody put them in a dumpster. Yeah, little like, kids. Little kids need protection. Little kids are uh, our most cherished possession. Yes, we shouldn't let clowns scare them just to get their rocks off. Period. You know this, and this is this is a microcosm that reflects the macro, which is which is hilarious because what almost just came out of my mouth was the fact that there are good clowns and there are bad clowns and there are much many more good clowns than are than there are scary clowns. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Unless somebody this is, is this just like the immigration argument. I know. Wow. We're not talking about the good clowns, we're talking about the bad clowns. I know, but the good clowns and are one the, the one ones doing the, the one bad clown is one bad clown too many. 
<laughs> well, if you ask a lot of people that have a fear of clowns, one clown is too many, period. Good or bad. There you go. Uh, so put clowns behind us? <laughs> well, um, it, yeah, unfortunately, there are there are more clowns in the future. Unfortunately, they're more of the political type. Um, but let's let, let's let's talk about a good thing, um, and and this is a case in which, um, you know, when we talk about America crumbling, many many people look at at the at the phenomenon of Black Friday as something that has encroached on the the family pastimes of Thanksgiving. And and that have, you know, completely changed how you know Americans it, or, and increased how Americans consumerize both Christmas and Thanksgiving. Um, the Mall of America, um, apparently last year or the year before last, they were one of the one of the driving factors for malls across the country to open on Thanksgiving evening and this year they have reversed course so they have decided the and the mall of america is the largest shopping mall um i think it's the the largest shopping mall in the america or it was at one point in time um they have decided not to open on uh, on, on thanksgiving day you know last year or the year before they opened at 6 p.m and all but four of the stores in the mall also opened. Um, they, have they have decided to close on Thanksgiving, and this could put pressure on major retailers to follow suit and return the national holiday to a day of food, family, and football. For now, most major retail chains, including Walmart and Sears and large mall operators, are yet to announce their holiday schedules. But they are... But they sure, but they are sure to be closely watching the reaction to the decision by officials at the Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota, to uh, to close, giving the vast majority of its employees the day off, according to the Minneapolis Star. Um, the mall was leaving it up to its 520 stores to decide whether whether to tr whether to try open on their own. Um, it is still opening at 5 a.m. on Friday for the doorbuster specials. Uh, the past few years, the pressure has been on for chains to get masses started even earlier. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting to see the reversal of that. Well, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I ex agree that the, the loss of the kind of the consensus that certain times were more important. Certain holidays are more important than the profit motive, and Thanksgiving was always one of those. Christmas and so forth. Um, so I applaud them. I used to go there a lot, by the way. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that it's worthy of deciding an election, but on the other hand, I applaud them. No, it's it's not worthy of deciding an election, but what it is, what it does do. Um, and, and, you know, retail, it's funny because retail looks at, um, they have actually 13 months that they use, uh, as their, as their sales model rather than 12. Um, 
and and you know the twelfth month actually starts on Black Friday now uh, and runs all the way through Christmas Day, and then the thirteenth month is Christmas Day through New Year's, and they they look to many retailers look to that twelfth month to push them in the black for the year, and then anything that's in the thirteenth month is gravy. So, you know, um, this is this is definitely you know, I don't I don't know if pandering's the right word because um, the Mall of America serves many many demographics, um, some of whom you know could care less if it's Christmas or Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, Sarah Sarah said the consumers have have a direct effect on the outcome of this. Yeah. So, anyway, that's that's an interesting topic of conversation. Um, you know, what what impact do you think that the Mall of America closing or remaining open on Thanksgiving Day is going to have on you know the state of the American family? And, and that may be putting too much on one location, but being the biggest, it is an indicator. So let's let, let's talk about lying government. Let's talk about more clowns. And I'm not sure at that moment if I'm if I'm using the word to define Matt Drudge or the uh, Hurricane Response Center. <laughs> Matt Drudge faced fierce backlash on Thursday after downplaying the threat of Hurricane Matthew. Um, when this article was was published, it was it was down to a Category Three storm. Um, it is now you know in the tropical depression or post tropical depression state um reportedly killed more than 500 people and destroyed tens of thousands of homes in haiti and has promised mass evacuations in the u.s drudge however expressed doubts about the severity of the storm um and 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 this is only part of this conversation you 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 hit with the heavy side what was the heavy side larry oh i don't know it's all right, I, I, I'll give you my take on all of this stuff. Let, let's do a consequences of error analysis, which is, frankly is a legitimate procedure. Mm-hmm. Let's assume that the the weather forecasters said things were getting better, getting better, getting better. Uh, Matthew was slowly uh, uh, weakening, and, and it looks like we're going to be okay. And then, you know, I want to point out they they said things like that similarly for Katrina. And then all hell broke loose. And, in fact, it was one of the worst hurricanes that we ever had. And everybody blamed the weather forecasters. So that's the consequences of being wrong on the safe side. The other consequence of error is the one we're currently experiencing and the weather forecasters kind of accepting the fact that they should err if necessary on the side of caution, they probably overstated the threat a little bit. And what we now have is uh, their their biggest enemy is Matt Drudge, who can frankly go fly a kite. Now, if you're a weather forecaster, do you want to risk another Katrina, uh, Katrina mistake, or do you want to risk another drudging by Matt Drudge. 
I, I, absolutely. I mean, I mean, in the Navy, we called them weather Matt guessers. Matt Drudge could go to hell. In the Navy, in the Navy, we called them weather guessers, and because theirs is one well, of the. They're doing their, they're doing their honest best with the technology they have available. I know, and but, it's all probabilities, and it's all you know, and and. And nobody understands that they don't have a crystal ball that that has a red line phone like the Irish to God. <laughs> it, it's just as they're doing as good as they can, and Matt Drudge is trying to increase his listenership or readership by being a dork. Well, so so much for Matt let, Drudge. Let's, I'm going to do this. Normally, I don't quote other show hosts. I do it. I, I I do it very seldom, but when I was sitting there listening to Rush Limbaugh, he played some clips that had my jaw on the ground. Um, a clip from Fox News where the where the person speaking said, "If you're in Florida and you don't evacuate, we will not cover your funerals. We no one will weep for you." You know, other people saying, "Don't you know." Don't be one of the statistics. They have, they, and by they I mean Hurricane Center, the media, everybody, has been playing this off as the storm of the century. It could have been. It was huge. It had, it, it had all of the earmarks of being a potential enormous disaster. So, you know, you call it. They could they could have been wrong in either direction, and they chose to accept being wrong in the safe direction. And I, you know, I, I guess I'm a good enough mathematician to accept the fact that they took the best route. And this time they were wrong by a little bit. You know, if the dang thing had turned uh, two or three degrees to the left, there wouldn't be a Carolina right now. Uh, but fortunately, it didn't. So, so now they're now they're fools. I don't I don't buy that, and and I'm very incensed that the American readership is too stupid to understand the risks involved in being a weather forecaster. I'm I, I'm incensed by this. It's part of the crumbling. You you brought up the phrase crumbling. Yes, the crumbling is evidenced in part by the idiocy of people who can't understand a damn weather report. I'm fed up with it. I'm just done with it. My country died. Period. You know, I... The only thing, and, I, and we'll move on after this, the only thing that I will say is, you know, I made the, I made the comment about the term weather guessers. Meteorologists today use computer predictions and the Hurricane Center runs numerous ones. And my understanding is that if one of them shows the propensity for danger, they report that as the likely track. Now. Well, there's, there's another wrinkle in all of this. Yeah. Freaking Obama has refused his his budget has refused to fund an upgrade in the forecasting system for the american weather forecasters it turns out that the european forecasts their modeling is 
substantially superior to ours, but the cheap bugger in Washington and his minions will not fund an upgrade to, to the latest hardware. And, and, and so we look like fools. And, and we don't have the benefit of good, the best available forecasting technology. We actually coattail on the European model. We use their model to get a better answer than Obama is willing to pay for with our own hardware. So there, there's, it's an even deeper embarrassment than that one. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not saying that publishing a warning is a bad thing. You know, and when it, when the the term weather guessers that we used in the Navy, and I know that incenses you, was basically, think of it as a term of endearment. It, they had to literally, you know, they were looking at their models, and then they would go out and stand on the sponsons to to watch and see what lined up and what made sense with what their forecasts were showing. And that's what they would give the the captain and the flight ops. Um, you know, from a, but from a blowing things are, out are, of Are we done beating up weather forecasters? Well, let me add something. Since I was able to watch a television, there was always a special around hurricane season, which aired a few times from a New Orleans news station. That would explain what would happen if a hurricane came to New Orleans. And lo and behold, when Katrina hit, every one of those things that was said in those 40 years of uh, commercial, of, of news broadcast, warning the public, came to fruition. Actually, it was less than, it was less than their forecast. It could have been much worse. Katrina the fact that they're still in New Orleans Katrina means that it was less than forecast. Katrina didn't do a thing to New Orleans. What ended up happening with New Orleans is the levee system failed. It was which been predicted. Which is exactly what they said would happen. Yes. Now, what happened on Fox News the other day with Shepard Smith going out and yelling at everyone to get off the roads? Are you going to die? I would call that sensationalism. Because Florida's been impacted by hurricanes before, and this thing, even if it was going to do the worst case scenario, it wasn't going to kill that many people, and most of those people were smart enough to get out. What we have today is we have the news media, we have the the television media, we have the weather media who needs ratings. So, of course, for, for three days, four days, you're going to have Fox News turn into the Weather Channel because they want ratings. And, of course, you're going to say stupid things because they want ratings. And I think Matt Judge was absolutely right. You don't go on television and tell people they're going to die when I've got to cover your funerals. That's just asinine. What you do do is you warn people, and you warn them maybe once an hour, because I'm pretty sure the people of Florida knew a hurricane was coming. They didn't need Fox News to tell them that, nor did they need the Weather Channel. Yeah. I I live in Hurricane Alley. I know at least a week prior to when it's going to hit that it's coming, that I should be prepared, because I look at the, the computer models. And I'm like a lot of people here in South Louisiana, because we have all felt the impact of a hurricane. And I'm sure Florida has, too. I don't need Shepard Smith's dumbass telling me that I'm going to die if I don't leave. Because common sense is going to tell me, well, what happened with the last one? I left for the last one. So, um, 
let's 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 leave the weather forecasters alone at this point. Um, the 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 next piece of um, the next piece is uh, is an interesting one because Human Rights Watch has criticized the U.S. government for making excuses for the atrocities committed by its close ally Saudi Arabia in its uh, in its war in Yemen. Despite rousing, rising outrage over the bloody civil, civilian toll in Yemen's war, the United States administration is showing no signs of breaking with or attempting to check the actions of its ally, Saudi Arabia. Priyanka Mopardi, senior emergencies researcher at Human Rights Watch, wrote on Tuesday, Since 2015, a coalition of Middle Eastern countries led by Saudi Arabia and armed and supported by the U.S. and the U.K. has bombed Yemen, uh, which is the poorest country in the Middle East. The U.S. has supported the Saudi-led campaign with aerial refueling and targeting assistance without criticizing Saudi Arabia and its allies for repeatedly and unlawfully bombing civilians committing apparent war crimes. Did any one of us know that we were lending aid to military actions in Yemen? Anybody? Joseph, did you know? Yeah, well, I did. We've been doing this in the Bush administration. No, and not in Yemen. Wait, say it again? In Saudi Arabia going into Yemen? Saudi Arabia and a coalition of 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 Middle Eastern countries is a, is assist is basically pulling a Russia in Yemen, supporting the I, I believe they're supporting the um the current government. Um, the problem with Yemen is there is no real government at this point, and it hasn't been a real government for over 10 years. The Bush administration started sending arms to, to Saudis to help curve that uh, that area. But if you remember, uh, Al-Awlaki was stationed in Yemen when he was hit by a drone. That's where a lot of the terrorists who left Afghanistan and had, and had left um, Iraq that's where they found their safe haven. In Yemen, yeah, that's true. They did. They did run to Yemen. You're right. Um, well, according according to Human Rights Watch, more than ten thousand Yemeni Yemenis. God, it's hard to say that and not make a joke. Uh, including at least four thousand civilians, have been killed in the 19 month war, according to the UN. Thousands more civilians have been injured, and the war destroyed much of the country's infrastructure, creating what the UN says is the worst humanitarian catastrophes in the world. <clears throat> There's sensationalism for you. Uh, several reports were published this week warning that Yemen is on the brink of famine. Solana reported on the threat of famine in January. More than half of Yemen's population, at least 14 million people, are going hungry. Um... Saudi Arabia has only been able to carry out the war in Yemen because of U.S. support. Since Obama entered office in 2009, his administration has offered more than $115 billion in arms deals and military support to Saudi Arabia, including more than $20 billion since 2015. So we're funding Saudi Arabia going into and attacking. What are they attacking? I'm trying to find out what they're... Um, 
or I, I'm, I'm trying to find. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find even why Saudi Arabia is bombing there um, or attacking there. Uh, I'm because just, they invaded. Because they invaded. Iran, the Houthi rebels, under the command of Iran, has started by attacking Saudi Arabia across the border. If you look at the border, if you look at the map, southern Saudi Arabia shares a border with Yemen. Mm-hmm. And I do. Iran, Iran was running missions across the border. So, so Iranians were, were going they, into Yemen and coming in. Well, Ira- Iranian-backed military operations were occurring out of Yemen into Saudi Arabia, yeah. and in fact, the, the, the Yemen was on the verge of becoming an Iranian client state. And that scared the doo-doo, sanitation intended, that Mm -hmm. scared the doo-doo out of the Saudis for good reason. Mm -hmm. And so they actually, contrary to their their sworn preference, began a war or began to prosecute a war against the rebels in Yemen because they had no other choice. Now, let's face this. War kills children. It kills children by the bucketful. War kills innocent people everywhere by the trainload. War sucks. The people who start wars need to be understood to be in a different category from the people who prosecute them or defend themselves or who finish them. In this particular case, the leftists have found another celebrated cause to, to pick on their enemies, which apparently now has been added to the list, Saudi Arabia. We shouldn't be blaming Saudi Arabia about what's going on in Yemen. We need, should be blaming Iran. And, and very frankly, the United States is coddling Iran, letting them get away with this stuff. Saudi Arabia has been put in a corner, and they're acting as they probably have every right to act. Unfortunately, there's a bunch of kids and innocent people in the way, Mm -hmm. and they're, as always in war, bearing the majority of the suffering. That's tough. Yeah, it it is tough. Uh, The the interesting thing here, and and I think you were away from the microphone for the first part of this, is... is Indeed. I I, I got that part. Um, I didn't want anybody to think ill of me. Is the fact that you know Human Rights Watch is now coming after the U.S. government for supporting Saudi Arabia in their campaign, and, and maybe that's because if they tried to go after the Saudi government, um, they they might lose their voice um, along with other things. But maybe that's just me thinking that, um, and. So, so Saudi Arabia, and, and, and help educate me here, because I asked the question, when did this start? What's what's happening here? And I I forgotten about the Houthi rebels and rebels um, being backed by Iran. Is Saudi Arabia going after the Yemeni government, or are they going after the Houthi rebels? They're supporting the government. Okay, because the government is trying to overthrow 
and install a puppet regime from Iran. No, no, it's the other way around. It's the other way around. There are several governments now in Yemen. The original government was was defending itself against the Houthi rebels funded by Iran. And very frankly, now the, the Houthis have set up their own uh, fake government, if you would. Um, and, and so it's, it's become, will the real government please stand up? The original Yemeni government was a normal government as far as normal can happen in a uh, Muslim country. Uh, the Houthis have unseated that government in the capital and the majority of the country now and install a puppet government of Iran. And, and okay. Saudi Arabia is fighting them. We need to keep our facts straight. Okay. I, and and that, was, that was where I was getting confused was whether or not the, you know, that had already happened and the Saudi Arabia was fight, was trying to restore a more Saudi-favorable government, which it sounds like that's what they're doing, or if they were trying to prevent the Houthi rebels from installing their own government. Both. Both. Never let it be said that Middle Eastern politics make a lick of sense. Uh, well, I mean, it, there are some rules of thumb. Iran is the bad guy. That's that's a rule of thumb. Yeah, they they are awful. I mean, they this really are awful. They want to rule the world. Um, Saudi Arabia is not a good player, but on the other hand, we need to keep in mind that they're on our side, which gives them uh, a pass to some degree. Mm -hmm. So since they're on our side, and they, in this case, they are resisting our greatest enemy in the Middle East, why shouldn't we support them? Little kids are going to die regardless. Innocent people are going to be died by, uh, going to be killed by the train load regardless. We need to pick a side, or if you listen to uh, Gary Johnson, we should ignore the whole thing, but that's probably not in our best interest either. So we're going to pick a side, and which side should we pick, Iran or the Saudis? Well, the Saudis are an ally. Iran is our enemy. Work it out yourself. Well, here's the, here's the more interesting thing, because the current administration apparently is trying to pick both sides, because they're playing to the Iranians as much as they are to the Saudis. Welcome to John Kerry. <laughs> yeah, I... And that's that's literally that just it, that just sticks out to me. So, um, Human Rights Watch is is now coming down negatively on us because because of John Kerry's or our support of Saudi Arabia. <clears throat> um, well, I mean, nothing's new there. No, no, nothing's Let's new. Point there. out that that Human Watch is about as far left as Pragna. You know what? In, in this oh. case. Really in this case, that actually makes things. Thing. In this case, that makes things even more interesting, because now we've got now we've got a far left group that. No, they they're anti-war. Actually, I, I believe they're associated with Code Pink in some form or another. They don't probably, like war. Probably the other way around, but it's okay. it's interesting if you know that being the case, we're now also talking about the left going after 
the left. No, this is the extreme left going after what we have in America as the left. Because this is not a American ideal leftist publication. Mm. This is a um, nearly pinko commie um, problem type thing that's going to indict America for every little thing because America is the greatest enemy in the world stage. According the great to Satan. Yeah, we're the great Satan. These are the same people who would, who pretty much would say America deserved 9-11. I may be putting words in their mouths, but I'm sure they thought it. They probably didn't print it because they wouldn't have any readership left. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought I understood that one when I put it in the lineup, and the more I hear about it, the more I realize that that is a situation that is 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 doomed to failure. You know, at least from the attack of you know, reaching and reaching a conclusion of any kind, whether any side believes it equitable. And and by sides I'm not including the Houthi terrorists or or Iran. Um something that is also probably not going to come to an a to a favorable conclusion for anybody, uh is the uh is the the accusation from the US um from from the US against Russia for cyber attacks against political organizations to interfere with the U.S. election. Recent hacked emails are consistent with the methods uh, and motivation of Russia-directed efforts, the Department of Homeland Security said. Data revealing discussions within the Democratic Party was hacked earlier this year. Some states reported probing attempts made on election-related systems. However, officials have said those attempts could not be directly linked to the Russian government. Russian officials told Interfax News Agency the claims it was involved in cyber attacks were, quote, nonsense. These are the same people who said there weren't any Russian troops in the Ukraine, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, it was the same guy, actually. Yep. The same face, the same lips. Uh, who, uh, this is the same guy who got kicked off of the uh, Kelly file uh, she, because she wouldn't listen to him anymore. She just terminated the interview, and he got upset. She says, He said the interview was too short, and she implied it would have been longer if he had been willing to, talk, to say that, to talk the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to fess up to the fact that let's take the gloves off again. The Russians are among the lowest, the most despicable sons of bees on the planet. They have been taking what is not theirs as far back as history goes. I mean, St. Petersburg, who did that belong to? It wasn't the Russians. The Tsar stole it from Finland and Sweden. Uh, Kaliningrad, that, that great fortress of theirs, they stole it from the Poles. They have been doing this as far back as history goes, and we keep forgetting because we want to have a freaking reset with the Russians, and they just chuckle and gloat. Yep. Get over it. We should never trust them. We should never reset them. And if somebody says this looks like the Russians did it, this is the KISS system. Keep it simple. The simplest explanation is it smells like a duck, it walks like a duck, it craps like a duck. It's the Russians. 
Now, we can conjure up all of these hypothetical things that somebody was trying to fabricate their tracks and looked like the Russians, or it could have just been the Russians. Doggone it, it was the Russians. And and we shouldn't trust them, we shouldn't reset them, we shouldn't even no. No, turn I, our backs on I, them. I, I They're Russians. I'm done. Yeah, and it's I, I don't disagree. Um I feel better now. Yeah, you know, there are there are points in time and there are points in a process and in an investigative process, especially for a cyber crime, in which fingerprints are found. You know I, I I'm going to, to make a PSA here, okay? Don't believe most of what you watch on TV dramas, especially things like NCIS or CSI or, or you know, <clears throat> any of their spinoffs or Law and Order, because a lot of what they show, you know, first of all, doesn't happen on the timeline that they show it. And second of all, it doesn't make any freaking sense. Um, my favorite one is on CSI, or not CSI, NCIS, when you've got Timothy McGee and um, Abby Shuto down in the forensics lab, and they're sitting there trying to trying to very quickly track something down or hack something, and they will both start typing on the same keyboard at the same time. Anybody with half a brain can recognize that that is pure BS. But one thing is true. When you're dealing with cyber criminals, when we're de- it's the same as dealing with non-cyber criminals. There are signatures left by every person. And in cyber criminals, it's the code. It's the method of attack. It's the mechanism of attack. Department of Homeland Security would not put out a a statement like this or an accusation like this without them having logs of activity and traces of code that match known signatures for hackers originating in Russia. Absolutely would not. Do that. Well, you know, it's 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 worse than that. Hat. First of all, I agree with you, but you got to remember that the, the the government of the United States has been standing on its head to excuse the Russians about everything. I mean, does anybody recall the fact that they have basically publicly renounced the the nuclear limit uh, limits treaty, the START treaty? Nope. They are making all new missiles. They're buying more bombers than they're supposed to. They're doing everything contrary to their agreements. And and in spite of all of that, Kerry and Obama are like playing nice. So it was starting with the people who saying it was the Russians are the people, those very same people who have done everything they could to excuse the Russians. So the, the 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 evidence implicating the Russians must be absolutely overwhelming. Yeah, you know, they're, they're leaving no room for doubt. You know, and, and, then, and we we need to consider the source, and the source is very uncomfortable accusing the Russians of being anything, and here they are accusing them of being guilty. Period. Now, here's, here's something interesting, because this kind of dovetails into the next article. Um, and, and I want to get to, you know, I want to get further down the line on the article list. Um, we've talked about the 
the, the, the DNC hack. And WikiLeaks has, has been provided with and has been releasing all of these emails from Hillary Clinton. They've been providing the DNC emails. They've been going on, you know, the, so, so from that, they're, they're releasing Democrat emails. You know, if it is the Russians that are providing, that are hacking the servers, that are providing the emails, and it's funny because, um, be, let's see, who was this in Second Life? Cal in Second Life mentioned, amazing, the Russians hack all these emails, but nothing from Hillary's server was ever hacked. Um, you know, the 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 Russians must want Donald Trump to win. I don't think that's true. I don't think what they are trying to do. What they are trying to do is to soil the American election, and 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 they want to make our political system look suspect. Which, frankly, it is. It I mean, is. They don't have to work real hard at that. No, they don't. But they're trying to further. They're trying to further soil the American political system, and they have been at this. They 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 really never stopped. If you look at the uh, CIA's analysis of Russian spy activity in the United States, it never stopped. The Cold War stopped, but the Russians' effort to subvert this country never relented. It never abated. And you can go back and check that on your own. I'm not going to help you. Nothing what? has changed since the Cold War. And and they do everything they can to discredit the United States. And what? now the biggest reason for that is because their people still have to barter for a loaf of bread. This whole situation is more or less like the cops being blamed for conducting the raid on a drug dealer's house. If the DNC had actually gotten their act together and secured those servers, much like the military servers are uh, secured, they wouldn't have this problem. If the emails from Debbie Washerman Schultz and, a, and the other Democrat hacks wouldn't be so blatantly obvious that they were in the tank for uh, Hillary over Bernie, we wouldn't have this problem. But let's face it, they use the same people who secured Hillary's computer. Of course. Now, it's easy to go, well, we're going to blame the Russians. How do we know it's the Russians? There are some terms that I'm going to disclose called white hat, white hat hackers, mm -hmm. gray hat hackers, and black hat hackers. It's, it wouldn't be uncommon for some entity to hire a gray hat hacker. Or a white. In Russia. Well, even well, a white hat hacker also, even a black hat, any one of those. And I'm not going to go into specifics of what those three are. One's good, one's bad, and the other one's down the middle. But anyway, how do we know this is the Russians? If it is the Russians, who gives a damn? What really needs to be exposed is what was in those emails. I would love to know what happened in the Goldman Sachs uh, paid speeches by Hillary Clinton. I'm sure most America wants to know we also. I'm sure Bernie Sanders' campaign wants to know what the hell happened. Why would, why did he fail on such a level? <coughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, we, we. The, the, the Russians don't know who's going to win for sure, but they want to make sure that whoever wins is crippled and, and, and has, has, does not have the, quote, mandate 
that that everything the 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 winner does can be questioned and and weakened and and countered. I mean, they play the long game all the time, and they're really good at it. Yeah, you know, honestly, when are you playing? The Russians do not give a damn about American politics because they know that they can manipulate any American president at any time they want because they have nuclear weapons, the same as the U.S. And they've been playing this game for the last... Except more of them now. Well, yeah, they've been playing this game for the last 60 years. So they know any American president is going to be a pushover when it comes to defending the country because the, the option is nuclear, then U.S. will never do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've... I, we've got just a couple of minutes left in the show, and, and I really um, I don't know how much time I want to spend talking about the recording of Donald Trump. That's going to play out. Um, it, I've it got is, a question. Yeah, I, I got a question. Yeah. How often each day, as a male, do you think of sex? I can't. and if you're healthy, if you're healthy. The answer is you may never stop. The Thank you for making that rhetorical. Sort of wanders back and forth between the very front of our mind as may, as healthy males and somewhere halfway back, but it never goes all the way back. Trump is no different than Kennedy or Bill Clinton or or Theodore or Franklin Roosevelt or any other president who would claim to be healthy. And this has nothing to do with the suitability to be president. Just ask Marilyn Monroe. This has everything to do with the narrative that the Democrats have created in 2012, the war on women by Republicans, and the lewd, horrible comments that Donald Trump has said 11 years ago. And to be honest with you, I said things like that last week. That was about the time that he was, Bill was getting a in the Oval Office. No, he was no. That was after he he left the office. All right. He was with a, he was with another. Um, but the blue the, the blue dress was still damp. Yeah, and if Monica would have liked the taste of freedom. Yeah, have, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> okay. All right. So enough, enough. Enough of that. But you you guys make an interesting point, and and really, um, the last article is it, it is this was part of why I picked the subject the, the the title for tonight's show as crumbling. You know, this election has zero to do with policy. This the the both campaigns and and the Trump campaign tries to go there gets goes to policy, it gets dragged out. The Clinton campaign tries to go to policy, gets dragged out. This campaign has absolutely zero to do with politics, with with issues, with politics, any of that. Ninety percent of the people that are paying attention to this today are treating it just like they would Big Brother. And the number of scandals and issues and dysfunctional personalities that have come out of that TV show. I'm talking about Big Brother. I'm not talking about the presidential debate that's going on as we speak. Our our legion. I mean, hell, let's let, let's take a bunch of twenty somethings and put them in a house together and come up with cockamamie, cockamamie ways to pit them against one another and to build, you know, strange bedfellows. 
you know, this is and and honestly Larry to to a degree I agree with you things are crumbling you look at music one of the one of the extra article one of the articles that I didn't include in here or no the the last article is that and it's from 2011 92% of the top 10 billboard songs were about sex that's because their primary mm-hmm. audience their revenue is from teenagers who are no longer under any restraints from their parents who have lost complete control of their hormones which is normal for teenagers yep and guess what the parents the parents in have been deprived of their right of supervision by the left mm-hmm. i mean we th- such a thing this this fiction of children's rights i mean children suing their parents because they didn't like their their lunch money i mean all of this is beyond belief Audi- the, the, the the music is sexually oriented because the teenagers in their normal way of behavior want it and their parents are not impeding that kind of music in their homes at all. Well, there and, is and no gonna, moral barrier shocker. left. I'm going to add a little shocker here for you. The 92 the the target audience for 2011 that was 5 years ago. They are now beyond the awkward stage of college where they weren't in where they weren't voting, and those kids are now voting. And the target audience is now still eleven years old, at least mentally. At least mentally, I agree. So, all right. I need to go relax. I need to get. I need to hyperventilate. We need. We go get your paper bag, Joe, uh, Larry. Um, because we do need to wrap things up here. I want to thank everybody for being a part of the show. I know that the presidential debates started at the same time that our show started tonight. And there are other things going on. Um, watching the presidential debates, you can see the see the cracks forming and things crumbling, even in the words of the candidates. I want to thank everybody for being a part of the show tonight. If you enjoyed what you heard, blog about us. Tell five of your friends. Follow us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Front Porch Political Talk uh, or on Twitter at EC Conservative. If you didn't like what you heard, you know what? I'm still going to invite you to join us next week at 9 p.m. Eastern Time where we won't be going up against a presidential debate, but you will probably hear different words in a different order. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Have a great night. Good night, Chuck. Delete the tape of you telling your coworker you wanted a pet Garfield.